Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jake Milham. And over there, you got Jeremy, the man, Greco. Jeremy, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever been called the man before, so I'm going to have to have to sit with that one for a bit and get back to you. Well, it's uh, I've been kind of on a on a quote unquote wrestling kick as of late. So, like for that, example, that was the nickname you came up with for me, huh? The, the, the man. man. Well, I mean that that's the name of the uh, of Becky Lynch, <laughs> a, a wrestler. So that that's the best I got, man. I I don't know. All I don't right. know what to call you. All right, Becky Lynch is my new favorite wrestler. Let's go. There you go go ahead and go Google her up. So, such as you know, back in the day, there was a guy. His nickname was the man with a thousand holds, but I'm pretty sure um, Greg Walker has held a thousand beers in his lifetime, at least. Greg, how you doing, right <laughs> man? I, I would take the, I would mash the over, in fact, on one thousand. Like, I, I would take the over. On, I would take the over on ten thousand. Honestly, like it's way up there. But <laughs> now I'm on, a, I'm on a bit of a wrestling kick too. But when I say that, what I actually mean is I'm in the middle of a six part podcast series about how Vince McMahon is one of the biggest monsters in human history. So yes, really, right. yeah, really getting into that. Yes, I love Get it. I review reviews early, please. Please, I, I, I want to hear that review when you're done with it, Greg. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's, uh, you know, the last three episodes of it haven't come out yet. And so in a couple of weeks here, I might be able to actually do that. All right. All right. Sounds like a plan to me. Well, hey, before we get too deep into it, if you don't want to listen to us yammer on about um, women being nicknamed the man and Vince McMahon, please go check out everything Kansas City Royals related at RoyalsReview.com. Um, our own Greg Walker has started with his his draft analysis, um, which is coming up very, very quickly. And then, of course, Jeremy, you know, whatever the heck he wants to write on Saturdays, I guess you can go read that, too. But it's don't ask like, me. I, I don't know. How do you, even, how do you decide Jeremy your topic? Problem. How do you decide your topics, Jeremy? Is it just like based on vibes? Yeah, pretty much. It's like okay, uh, what, what feels interesting to talk about today. And I got. What I got yelled at, uh, I wrote last week, I wrote that the pitching was pathetic and it happened to follow a game where the Royals got shut out. People were like, well, you write about the pitching being bad when the offense was bad last <laughs> night. I'm like, because I wrote this before the game. What do you want exactly. from me? I usually just write articles and then never finish them. So that's kind of my thing. Nice. That <laughs> nice. is, you know what? You, you can't get yelled at if you don't finish the articles, that's, right? That's true. Yeah. If I just write half of it and I don't know where to go with it and I just stop and, you know, it just gets lost to the sands of time. You are you are a man who has, like, the draft inbox bigger than your actual, like, inbox, aren't you? Oh, well, I mean, that's a lot easier for me to write about, I feel like, because I've been, you know, just college baseball brain right now. And so all these guys I'm mm. writing about, about I've been watching for the past three months and in some cases, the past three years. So it makes it a lot easier versus like with the Royals stuff, you know, what you want to write about is so in the moment, especially during the season. There's games every day. So it makes the stats really difficult to compile correctly. And we're still in small sample sizes. So so much can change in like three days. So it, it's, it's tricky this time of year doing the whole baseball writing thing. My my favorite thing about small sample sizes is that it's small sample sizes like until the last week of the season. And it's like, all right, finally, the sample sizes are no longer small. OK, and now the season's over. Well, no, according oh, well. to Dayton Moore, Memorial Day, right? So next week, the sample size will be good enough. 
Oh, yes, that is true. Well, yeah, you got to remember, we're almost almost a third of the way through the season. So that is uh, we are, we're not looking at small sample sizes anymore. This is uh, this is the Kansas City Royals. But let's uh, let, let's have some good news first. Hunter Dozier, guys, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Hunter Dozier <laughs> is no longer. <laughs> I am. I'm so happy for him. The Kansas City Royals fans. Um, I am happy that Mr. John Sherman decided to finally eat some money on that contract. So I cannot complain about that one bit. Jeremy, I want you to go ahead and start us off here. What was your initial reaction to the move? Like I said, my first reaction was I was just happy for the dude. Now he can go somewhere else. And, you know, I I, I don't care who you are. If, if you go to work every day with thousands of people hating you for being at your job. That's not fun. That's not a life you want to live. I don't care how many millions you're getting paid. So I'm I'm happy for him that he doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Um, not that he ever did, but I, I do find it funny. Uh, you talk about eating the money on the contract. By not eating the money on the contract, what Sherman was actually doing was losing more money because – Every time Hunter Dozier went out there, he was worth negative value to the team. He was costing the team money by playing for them, not just in the paybook paycheck, but in terms of wins and losses. That is a very good point. Greg, what do you think about the Dozier deal or Dozier move? Excuse me. I mean, maybe this means the Royals have learned about the concept of the sunk cost fallacy. I mean, maybe no. they finally come around to that. No. Okay, maybe I'm being a little bit well, optimistic you're, you're, there. You're but... jumping to all kinds of conclusions <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Jeremy. I'm happy for him that he's not going to get just so much hate from you know a lot of really, really online Royals fans. I think that's yeah. probably good for him. And I, from what I've read, he was a pretty well-liked guy in the clubhouse. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that the guys over there are kind of going to miss kind of having him around. But as Jeremy was also saying, like he was actively hurting a team on the field, just given that he wasn't hitting and he has no defensive value. And he's taken up a roster spot. And so good for them for moving on. I do wonder what's next for him. Like I, I imagine some team is going to pick him up on a minor league deal. I have no idea who I, there's no chance to get a big league contract, obviously, but I do wonder if, you know, he sticks around an affiliated ball, if he goes overseas or if he just kind of hangs it up. I think he'd be yeah. terrific in Korea. Oh, he would. He'd be an MVP over in Korea. He'd probably be I like, that, I thought that about Ryan McBroom, but I don't think he's been that good so far. Although he might've gone to Japan. I don't know. He was in, he was amazing his first year in Japan. And like, that was Ryan McBroom. I mean, I would. Pinch hitter extraordinaire would, Ryan McBroom. Yes, excuse me, I did not use his correct title, but I would still take Hunter Dozier over Ryan McBroom. Like I think, I think Dozier's a better ball player. But yeah, I, I don't know what he's going to do. He's what he's thirty-one years old now. He's not a he's not a spring chicken anymore. I I don't know if he's gonna. Yes, Jeremy, I saw that eyebrow raise. And uh, I wasn't, in, it wasn't at you. <laughs> in in sporting years, you are old, Jeremy. I I hope oh. you know that. I was talking to my dad the other day about a player. I was like, he's only a month younger than I am. He's so old. <laughs> Greg, I mean, we're we're entering our prime, aren't we? You, you could say that. I don't know. Like, I'm at the age now where I'm like, oh, man, I'm running out of college players that are still younger than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, that is a weird, a weird uh, there's feeling. A, there's a very short list of, like, grad transfers and grad students mm. that got an extra year of eligibility from COVID that are still around, but... 
pretty soon here, I'm going to be like, yep, I'm older than all these guys. Well, don't worry that uh, that quarterback from Georgia was like older than everyone. You remember what was Stetson what's his Bennett? Name? Stetson Bennett. Thank you. He's on the Rams now. <laughs> I mean, the guy that uh, won the Golden Spikes in 2021 was a pitcher for Arkansas named Kevin Copps. And when he won it, he was 24 years old. At the oh, time. my gosh. Oh, there, there's so many skits about like those, those random athletes that just keep on finding ways to get more eligibility and crap. But it's a. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I really don't know what's in the future for Hunter Dozier. I kind of I kind of hope he like takes a breath because you got to think this guy has had negativity breathing down his back down his neck. Excuse me for like three years now. His whole body, <laughs> his whole body, not just his neck, head, shoulders, knees and toes. Negativity the whole way. I mean, but, after being in the big leagues for what, like most of the past four or five years now, like I don't think he's really itching to get back to playing minor league yeah. ball and. I don't think teams are really going to be blowing up his phone with offers. And so I could see him like taking some time and then maybe getting back into it. But, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be that surprised actually, if just, he doesn't spend like spend any time in affiliated ball for the rest of the year and just kind of gets his bearings and figure out where he wants to go. And he, he got paid. He got his payday. He's, he's got double digits of millions of dollars. He doesn't have to play again. Somebody, well, how much does like, he love the game? Well, <laughs> I tell you what, I love computer programming, but also if you told me that I could have $20 million to never professionally program again, I would I would immediately quit. And I would program in my spare time if I felt like it. <laughs> find a new hobby. I'm I'm sure Doja can find something to do with all that money. And doesn't he have like four kids now? Like the the, the guy the guy has a family. Oh, so, so he's spent broke. some time. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Each, yeah, each kid just took five million off the top, right? That's how that's how that went on the contract. Everyone tells me kids are expensive. I don't know. I I don't know if they're quite in the millions expensive, but yes, I I assume they are expensive. <laughs> I didn't even realize, I didn't even think about that. We're all childless here. Oh no! Oh, how dog. terrible! She's my fur baby. No, I hate people who say fur baby. That drives me nuts. <laughs> she's she's she my. She is, but like I won't use that word. It's just like no, no, just stop, please. You you just spoil your dog. Like that's just say that. Yes. Just spoil your dog. That's it. I'm too irresponsible to take care of another life. I have a hard enough time taking care of my own life. A life Legit. period. And I do not what? need to bring another beating heart into my home right now. We can't even trust <laughs> you to to take care of a pair of headphones. Yeah, yeah so. I can't. I can't take care of most things. <laughs> Greg, did they uh, did they give you one of those fake babies in like high school to go take care of? You remember that trope? No, I never, I never did have a class like that. No, I never had to take home an egg or anything. Freaking home X. It was a rice baby for me. Excuse <laughs> it was me. Just a yeah, it was just a bag of rice that we had to return the next day, like untorn or unsoiled or anything. I had to grow an avocado once. Does that count? Uh, that sounds more complicated. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> actually, actually. Pretty straightforward. I do actually. I do take care of living things. I have plants, but that's not the same thing. Hell yeah! How how does the rice baby work? Because if all if the objective know. is to just keep the bag from being torn, like I just shove that thing in the closet and I'm good. <laughs> which you cannot do with a real child. No, and it was the next day. Like it was. I could have just sat it on the table and then picked it up on my way to school and been good. Like or this is in the car. Yeah, that's true. 
Back to true. the whole back to the whole baseball thing. Oh since, yeah, since, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So since Ryan O'Hearn is gone now, and Hunter Dozier is now gone, who's going to be the new whipping boy on the Royals? Who's going to be the new guy that gets all of the hate from people online? My money is on Jordan Lyles. Ooh, well, I mean, he's already drawn his own hate. I th- I think Nate Eaton, Nate Eaton, until he goes back down, really? is going to be the new whipping boy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Kyle Isbell, but yeah, it's no, it's Nate Eaton, definitely. Yeah, Isabel is injured right now. Is playing as much, right? So that that helps. I mean, neither did neither did O'Hearn last year, but it was still like, well, why is he even on the roster? Like, what role is he serving? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, like, there's still like, I don't know, redeeming factors about Nate Nate Eaton. Like, he plays. He's got good speed. He's got a good arm. Just he's been really unlucky at the plate, and isn't like he's a negative on offense. Like that's all it is. At least he's sort of young. Like he's what, 26? I mean, I think he's like, I just think the expectations for him might have been too high given what he did offensively in a small sample last year because it's not like he was ever really that much of a prospect. Like he never really hit that well in the minors. He doesn't have much of a track record there. So it's like, I don't know, people saw what he did last year. Like, oh, he could be a starter now. And it's like, well, no, he's like a perfectly decent, like utility guy or backup outfielder. You know, he's got a good glove. He can really run. So good pinch runner type. But like, I never thought he would hit enough to be a starter. I kept calling him a right-handed Gerard Dyson. Ooh, that's a that's a good with a better call. arm. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, don't don't sleep on Dyson's arm. He threw that guy out in the the Angels series <laughs> in 2014. Yeah, Dyson had a decent arm, sure, but like Nadian has literally a 100th percentile arm. Like he's yeah. special in terms of that arm strength. So I, I remember I just, in the. I'm never going to insult Gerard Dyson because I know he's <laughs> going to show up behind me with a baseball bat. In the uh, 2022 Royals prospect report on Fangraphs, Aaron Loggenhagen did mention with Nadian, like he has such a strong arm that, like, if, whenever they decide he's plateaued as a position player, they might as well give him a look on the mound. And I mean, they yep, kind of did great. already this year. So, yeah. Maybe he has a future there. Maybe that's why he's still on the roster. They, they're already I mean, out of arms. Say, if that were the case, he should be in the minors working on his pitch mixer right now. That's true. Just, just give him a slider. He's already got the fastball. All right. I say, I just, I say, just start the conversion process now because honestly, I don't think he's ever going to hit to really stick around in the majors. Now, he could become like a Terrence Gore guy that only plays in the postseason as a pinch runner type. Like it could be that, but. I don't know. He doesn't quite have Terrence Gore speed. No, no, not not quite. He's still got great speed. Like, I think his sprint speed is second only to Bobby Wood Jr. on the team, which was somewhat surprising. But, I mean, he's he, he's a good – he's an above-average defender, but way, 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 way below average at the plate. But, yeah, see, look, we're, we're already talking. He's already the whipping boy a little bit. But – I'm I'm trying to think of like any other whipping boy options. Like Greg Jordan Lyles was the was the great one, but are there any others that stand out as clear negatives on this team right now? I'm having a hard time with it just because I mean part of it was obviously that Dozier was the worst player in baseball for the past three years, but also part yeah. of it was his contract. And there's like the only other guy with that kind of deal right now is like Lyles, as I just mentioned, and Salvi, basically. And I have a very hard time seeing Salvi ever becoming the whipping boy around here. So, I mean, I think Lyles is the obvious choice. But beyond that, it's just, uh, I don't know, pick whichever young player is struggling this week. That's the one. I got one for you. Ooh. Edward Olivares. He's, he, I, I still think he's uh, good. People get like, so mad at his defense. Yeah, they do. Rightfully I, so. 
I mean, I, I could care about his defense, but like we're just so desperate for guys that can hit. So I'm just like, <laughs> all of ours is on a complete zero offensively. So get him in the lineup. That is true. Hey, really off off left field or out of left field. Excuse me. What did y'all think about Duffy hitting leadoff tonight? I saw that in the lineup card, and I thought that was very strange. Uh, I don't know. Matt Duffy is Matt Duffy. That's all I can really say about him. Like, he's been in the league for a while. We know what he is at this point. He's not going to have a 450 Babbitt ball year, and so he's not going to have a good offensive line. That's it's that simple. Well, what did you think, Jeremy? Please point to me, point out to me in this lineup, police lineup, baseball lineup, whichever, uh, <laughs> the player who looks like a very good option as a leadoff hitter, just like, lights out knock it out of the park that's the guy there isn't one no, that's true so what does it matter <laughs> Fair. might as well let Matt duffy have a shot get everybody else every, nobody nobody wants to hit lead off everybody who's hit lead off so far this year has been awful at it that's uh true. so so let matt duffy have it and, and see what everybody else can do Call up Javier Vaz right now. New leadoff man. Bam. (laughs) Immediately to the majors. Hashtag Vandy boys. Listen, he is. I I, I talked to Preston about him a little bit on Sunday's episode. And man, I did not realize, one, how small he was. And two, how how good of a contact hitter he is. Yeah, I'm I'm not a tall guy, but he is shorter than me. But I I watched him quite a bit over the past couple of years at Vanderbilt. The dude was a lecture. He was so fun to watch. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Coming up on the other side of this ad, Jeremy, for some reason, wants us to talk about Ryan O'Hearn and Brent Rooker some more. Yes. Also, we got to talk about Daniel Lynch and when we can expect him back and what other randomness we decide to talk about in between. Stay tuned. And we are back here on the Royals Rundown podcast. Jake Milham here with Jeremy Greco and Greg Walker. So, Greg, I will over the past like two weeks, I would say the the pitching injuries have really mounted up. You know, Brad Keller to the IL, um, Ryan Yarborough landed on the sixty day IL to, of course, you know, let his multiple skull fractures actually heal which I, I, it's hard to blame him there. I can't say, you know, rub some dirt on it and drink some milk and you'll be good. But a lot of eyes have been on Daniel Lynch and how he's uh, he's really been shoving in AAA Omaha. Um, he is, he's been doing really, really good. And I, you know, I'm ready for him to come back. He, he looks good. He pitched. Um, so the Royals do have a rule in the minor leagues. A starter can't go more than six. Daniel went his six last night and then he went into the bullpen and threw more pitches. So like he's, he's stretched out and he is ready to go. Um, Greg, I do have to ask you though. Do you think that Lynch's return is going to be like a positive? Is it a wild card? What do you think, man? I would generally consider it a positive because it'd be nice to have a, you know, a solid spot in a rotation. That's not just like, you know, a bullpen game or Mike Myers, which credit to Mike Myers. He did have a really good start last night, but like, I don't think we can really expect that much out of him going forward. Just given his 
kind of track record what he's done in the majors so far because he's he's been around for a while. So it'd be good to have a guy like Daniel Lynch that we need to evaluate. Like this was one of the year. This is a year for guys like him and ideally Bubich, who obviously got Tommy John. So rest in peace to that. Uh, we we need to see what he's got basically because he's shown flashes over his first two big league seasons, but just. No consistency. Like the fastball was way too hittable. The command wasn't very good. Just not getting swings and misses. And he was a guy that a lot of evaluators thought could be the best of the bunch out of the pitchers from that 2018 class. And so it's really important that he sticks in the rotation for the rest of the year, just so he can evaluate what he can be. Because I want to believe he could still be good. I just I haven't been inspired by what we've seen so far, and I'm curious of what sort of changes he managed to make over this past offseason. Because it's not like he really had that much of a spring training either. Yeah, and. And like you said, the Royals need a fifth starter. They they don't have a fifth starter right now. They haven't had a fifth starter in a while. And when Yarborough went down, they didn't even have four starters, which is was problematic. Um, so uh, credit to the Royals and Mike Myers. They kind of did what I've been begging them to do uh, a little bit. Not quite, but I've been saying, hey, just go out and bring in a bunch of random dudes and let them pitch and see what happens. And uh, Mike Myers is kind of a random dude that they just let pitch. And by golly, he had a good start. Will he have another good start the rest of the year? Maybe, maybe not, probably not. But you can't win the lottery if you don't play, right? And and the Royals are in a position where there is no, they're not going to lose anything by playing the lottery of random pitcher. Uh, But they can't win if they don't play. So yeah, Mike Mike Myers is out there. That's great. Uh, let's get Daniel Lynch up here. Uh, people were raving about that start. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but uh, the, a lot of the pitching metrics I heard were really great. Um, the fastball spin rate was up. The movement was up. Um, he was hitting his spots. So, yeah, let's uh, by all means, let's. this is an evaluation year. Daniel Lynch is absolutely a guy that needs to be evaluated. Yeah, I'd, I hope that we just get a good a good enough sample size from him to truly evaluate him um he's he's gotten plenty of starts in the past but you are absolutely right jeremy some of the stuff that we're seeing in omaha we've never seen from daniel lynch as far as pitch uh pitch mix and just how the pitches work themselves against batters i'm i'm looking at the calendar right now if i'm looking at these games correctly he probably fits best to come back on sunday against the nationals in that afternoon game or he could come back Monday against the opener or nah, in the opener against the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I would kind of prefer to have him come back against Washington rather than the Cardinals. Cause man, that's a, that could be a tough lineup to, uh, to face right returning from triple a right, Greg. I mean, Cardinals really good position player group, right hand heavy lineup. So yeah, maybe not an ideal matchup for Daniel Lynch, but yeah, sure. Get him an easier assignment going from AAA. Sure, face the Washington Nationals. They're basically a AAA team this year anyway. So that's pretty pretty similar to uh, what he's been facing for the past few weeks anyway. But look, I, I think I was saying this about pretty much all the 2018 guys coming into the season. Sink or swim. So like, I hope Daniel Lynch gets some tough assignments because like, at some point, you got to be able to pitch to good teams. Oh, man. Well, we will. Uh, I, I hope for the best from Daniel Lynch. I just hope that he can at least – be a be a patchwork person in this uh in this rotation because things are things are going to get worse before they get better unfortunately now jeremy speaking of uh things getting worse before they get better you want to talk about a couple of players who've actually gotten better after leaving 
Kansas City, which uh, which shouldn't be that surprising, but it is kind of surprising. We talk about Ryan O'Hearn and Brent Rooker. So, Jeremy, so, educate Greg and I, man. What what do you got? Obviously, I have been on the why isn't Brent Rooker still on this team train. And just as obviously, I have not been on the why isn't Ryan O'Hearn still on this team, team train. I've been trying to get him off the team for at least two years. Um and there's some key differences in my mind that people are talking about both of them like you just did as, oh, they left Kansas City and now they're good. Um, and and there's there's some key differences in these two guys uh, that really that I think stand out and are important to talk about. Like, why is Brent Rooker? Why does it hurt to lose Brent Rooker? And it's fine to lose Ryan O'Hearn. First of all, I think the most obvious thing is that Ryan O'Hearn has thir- 35 plate appearances. And Brent Rooker has 148. Five times as many plate appearances. Um, It's still a small sample size, but it's a much bigger sample size than 30. Ryan O'Hearn, who knows what he does over his next 120 plate appearances, could turn out to be awful. And, and, you know, we've seen flashes of him being good in the past, and then he'll he'll be good for a couple days, and then he'll he'll disappear again. Um, The other thing is that... The next thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, we saw Ryan O'Hearn for five years in Kansas City, um, and he got pretty regular playing time for the first two years, and then, you know, over the next two years, he got not as much playing time, but he still got some. Whereas Brent Rooker, he played, let me check, double check this again, uh, he played 14 games. 29 plate appearances for the Royals last year. That's it. Um, that's not enough to tell you if a guy is any good or not. And he, they traded for him. They didn't just sign him as a free agent. They went and gave up Cam Gallagher to get their hands on him. And and it's just, if you're going to spend something to get him, you should probably give him a better chance. Ryan O'Hearn, meanwhile, last year had 144, 145 plate appearances. So even though it felt like he was barely playing last year, he got a better shot than Brent Roker did. Um, and then I also wanted to mention the fact that, uh, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with what I was saying where Ryan O'Hearn has been with the Royals and we've kind of seen him is that it, it was obvious that if Ryan O'Hearn was ever going to figure it out, it wasn't going to be in Kansas City. He was going to have to go somewhere else. And I, I kind of tried to look at his what he's doing in, in Baltimore to see if he's doing anything differently. And again, tiny, tiny sample sizes. But he is pulling the ball more, and he's hitting the ball on the ground less. And I do wonder if the Royals looked at him and said, listen, you got to hit the ball to all fields. And it kind of sapped him of his power and maybe caused him to hit the ball on the ground more. Um, and, and Baltimore said, you know what? Just go ahead and grip it and rip it, man. Let's see what happens. Uh, and that might explain why he's having a little bit more success. And then finally, the last thing I want to point out, because you're all tired of listening to me talk about this already now, finally, (laughs) Ryan O'Hearn was blocking guys. He was blocking Nick Prado. He was blocking Vinny Pasquantino. These are young guys who look like better options than him, so it makes sense to move on from him, whereas their outfield depth is not, exactly in the same place they don't exactly have any prospects knocking on the door out there they're having to send out nate eaton and uh jackie bradley jr and uh you know edward Olivares. uh it's just 
they had an opportunity for a guy in the outfield, especially a right-handed hitter in the outfield, to see what he could do, and they just passed on it. They just said, you know what? Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to take that chance. Whereas Ryan O'Hearn, they didn't really have room for him, so it made a lot more sense to just kind of move on and let Pasquantino and Prado see what they can do. Okay, fair, fair enough. And honestly, if, if Royals fans aren't aware of what Ryan O'Hearn's doing for Baltimore right now, it is, is like night and day. Like the guy has a 290 batting average, 859 OPS. Uh, even for their Triple A team, he hit four home runs in 11 games and had an OPS north of 1.1. Like he is just looking like a whole different monster at the plate right now. And you're you're absolutely right, Jeremy. It is a very small sample size, but at the end of the day, this is uh this is looking like Baltimore winning a a trade right now. Like winning a trade that the Royals should be winning, you know, excuse the voice crack there, but these low level moves are where competitive teams tip the scales in their favor, in in my opinion. And you know what? I just the Royals didn't have a use for Ryan O'Hurd anymore, but he is looking pretty dang good in Baltimore. I will say that. Greg, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I do want to start by saying, look, I'm a big fan of Brett Rooker, Mississippi State legend, Hale State, let's go. He was incredible there in 2017. But uh, let me hit you with some numbers real quick. In the month of May, Brett Rooker is hitting batting average 200, OBP 297, slugging 338. I don't know if you all remember in 2021, but there's a guy in the White Sox, Yermin Mercedes. In April, Yermin Mercedes was the best hitter in all of baseball. By July, he was in AAA because we get flashes in the pan like this all the time. This happens every single year. We get guys that are incredibly hot in April. We think they turn a corner. We think, why did we get rid of this guy, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out it was just a hot month because guys have hot months all the time. In May, as I mentioned, Brent Rooker hasn't been hitting. He has not hit an extra base hit since May 12th. He is four for 35 in that entire span. You could say maybe this is just a cold stretch and he's turned the corner for real. I don't know. He's still striking out almost a third of the time. And so still think that's worth bringing up. I'm not going to shed tears over Brent Rooker. Like I'll admit like the way they used him last year didn't make any sense and made me wonder why they bothered trading for him if they just weren't going to play him. But at the same time, like I don't think he's suddenly figured it out and is going to strike out 30% of the time and be a superstar and be a long-term piece for the Oakland A's. I I really do think this is just like a hot first month. He's going to come back to earth and probably be become like a journeyman kind of power guy for the rest of his career. So could he have helped the Royals? Maybe. Did they not give him enough run last year? Yeah, I agree with that. But I, I'm not going to sit around here and act like it's a huge loss and he would be a game changer for the Royals if he was still around. I, it's just for me, it's the lost opportunity um, for Rooker. Like you said, I, I agree. Rooker probably isn't anything big shakes going forward but hunter dozier was definitely not and they kept him for two months into this season when they could have had two months of brent rooker and been like oh hey anybody want a brent rooker anybody want a brent rooker we got a brent rooker for sale uh you know maybe convince somebody to buy him cheap or uh you know or maybe he he, maybe he did figure it out but uh, the royals the royals will never know And that is uh, that is definitely a little a little disappointing, but at the end of the day, that is resting a little too much on the uh, on the what if. That's kind of the whole, you know. I remember the reaction to the Royals trading for James MacArthur, like a, a random AAA pitcher who 
J.J. Piccolo said explicitly that their coaching staff liked what they saw in him, but, you know, everyone was griping about the fact that they gave up this, what, I think a 19-year-old outfield prospect who is doing good at rookie ball. Like, it's that fans are going to rest on that on that what if at the end of the day. And you know what? They're going to forget about that optimism once it comes to the major leagues, and that person just doesn't pan out. That's That's how it's going to be. And we all talk about sample sizes. We'll we'll see we'll see why July what Brent Rooker is. Maybe Ryan O'Hearn ends up back in back in AAA Norfolk. All right, that that could be how it all ends. Greg, what you got? It's like the hand wringing over trading away Estre Ruiz for one that was six years well, ago, and also bold to assume that he would be what he is today if he had been in the Royals development system that entire time. <laughs> That's fair, but it's not like the Oakland A's are known for their development. Well, well, yes, they are. What? That's true. That's true. I I stopped myself after I uh, after I thought about some uh, some facts, not just some opinions of that of uh, that development the, system. The one thing I'll say about the Ruiz trade is that there were people saying at the time the Royals could regret moving this guy. Um, so it's not this. That's not purely one hundred percent backwards looking. That was people saying, you know what. There's some real tools on this kid. He's very young, and we don't know a lot about him, but it does feel like the Royals gave up a a, a really – a guy who has a real shot to be something someday. And I should point out, really, the Padres developed in Mount the A's because he was in their minor league system for most of the last six years, but Padres traded him too. Like, that's what – I mean, that's that's really what the Padres do. Like, they're a good player dev team, but they tend to trade their prospects when they get to the upper levels for major league talent, so – Maybe we need to start being like the Padres, except, I don't know, is Sherman going to start giving out 10-year, $300 million contracts anytime soon? Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. I ain't, uh, I'm not, not to bash on John Sherman, but that would not only go against everything that we've seen from him, but everything that we've seen from the Royals in their history as a team. So that is, uh, that's definitely something to, to think about, though. Yeah, if only we could stumble into our own Tatis. And I was hoping Wit would be that, but I think that's yeah. pretty clear at this point that's not going to be the case. Yeah, I, I, I will say, though, Ian Kraft, um, who does work for the Kansas City Royals, he posted like some group of stats and it was saying that Bobby Witt Jr. was the first to hit this group of stats. One of them was Mike runs Trout. batted in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's <laughs> that's still a that's still a good statistic, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the issue is that Todd's the definition age- of good. That's true. And Tatis at the age of 20 was already one of the best hitters in baseball. That's true. Listen, he he might be the biggest what if because I I haven't been following him closely this season, but it doesn't seem like he's reaching the heights that he had in previous seasons, in my opinion. I mean, he's been good, but I can understand being rusty for having not played Major League Baseball in two years. Like He's been an above average hitter, but yeah, he hasn't been the guy that he was a couple years ago, but I absolutely still think he can get back there. Yeah, I think he can too. He, he just has to get back there in popularity because he was looked like he was going to be one of the faces of Major League Baseball. And then he got that suspension. Boom. No one wants a thing to do with him. I'll say in San Diego, he's still insanely popular. Well, yeah, because that's that's San Diego. It's like all those Houston Astro players. They're still going to be popular in in Houston, but they're going to get booed in every other stadium they go to. I mean, shoot, they're still booing uh, Correa in, in Goffman. If if the Royals signed Jose Altuve and he was good for the Royals, because 
Lord knows that by the time the Royals signed Jose Altuve, he's not going to be any good. But pretend for a minute that if the Royals signed Jose Altuve, do you think they'd boo him? Or do you think that the Royals fans would be like, oh, you know, the cheating is not that big a deal, actually, after all, as it turns out? Well, that's what fans did with the Roldis Chapman, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, did people cheer for Roldis Chapman? I mean, they ain't booing him like they, like they would have. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, that, That's usually the you're players right, that I right. boo is for reasons like that because, I don't know, like I understand like the PED stuff. I understand if people are mad at Tatis if they don't like him after that. I totally get it. I just don't subscribe to it myself. Fair enough. Fair enough. You just, just got some ground to make up. That's that's all it is. But I will uh, – I mean, what, he's still only like 23 years old, right, Greg? Some, somewhere yeah, in that he's range. Still, he's still crazy young. And, I mean, we've seen this a lot. Like, Nelson Cruz got popped for PEDs, and nobody, like, talks bad about him or boos him over that. Like, people don't boo Starling Marte. He got popped for PEDs. So, I get it's not the exact same situation because Tatis is more of a superstar than those two guys were. But still, like, you play well for a while, people will move on. That's Nobody enough. remembers Mondesi got popped for PEDs either. Oh, if it's Ooh, in the do, if it's in the minors, that. then yeah, nobody talks about it. Like Logan Webb, that starting pitcher for the Giants, super good pitcher. He got popped for PEDs in the minors. Nobody talks about it. Joy Manasis, Nationals hero, he got popped for PEDs when he was playing in Japan a few years ago. Nobody talks about hmm. it. Very interesting. Well, hey guys, why don't we go and take this segue and roll right into the Royals review reviews for this week? Jeremy, what you got for a review this week, man? Are you saying the Royals review reviews are like PEDs for your social status? Uh, yes, <laughs> they, they, they do. Uh, they do enhance my social status, just so you know. All right. So this week, I'm going to give you, believe it or not, this, this might be my new thing. Uh, I'm going to give you another Apple TV show. That I that is the best value of a streaming service I've gotten. I am just I'm ecstatic about it. Uh, so I was watching recently the show. Oh gosh, I, I'm blanking on the name now. Good job, me. Mythic Quest. Oh yeah, uh, which is a a comedy show about a company that develops an MMO. And I've played a handful of MMOs in my life, as you might expect. And uh, so I was a little intrigued by this. And I I was I started the show and I wasn't a huge fan. Comedies always, always, as far as I could tell, take a little bit to get moving. And uh, it was, it struggled. It did a little bit of the, it was not a mockumentary like The Office, but it did do kind of the secondhand embarrassment stuff like The Office did for the first few episodes. Um, but... Then they did a really cool thing, which I'm not going to tell anyone about because I want them to be as surprised as I was uh, in the middle of that first season. And one of the things that they did from that point forward is allowed the characters to grow. Uh, Whereas in The Office, when you watch The Office, uh, Steve Carell's character is the same character from the beginning of the series till he leaves. Um, and that's true for pretty much all of them. And it's it's grating, whereas these characters are annoying at the beginning and they're still annoying um, at the end of the third season, which is the latest season to come out, but not in the same ways. And and they've learned how to to be better people. And, you know, nobody is perfect and nobody changes overnight, but it, it's fun to kind of see them grow and change over time. And of course, there's all kinds of. Uh, video game related shenanigans for those of you out there who are like me and, and will recognize some of the Easter eggs they drop. 
hey sounds like a pretty solid show to me um yeah man that's the what that's the third apple tv plus four show you reviewed fourth goodness fourth gracious one. man and th- i've watched four i've recommended four that's where we're at right now batting a thousand certainly take that greg what about you you got a, you got something big in store for us well, yeah, you know, Jeremy, you say you get the best bang for your buck in a streaming service from Apple TV+. Plus. Well, I think I get the best bang for my buck in a streaming service from ESPN+. Plus, and that relates no. to my review, which is college baseball conference tournaments, which are currently going on, nice. and specifically, specifically the smaller conference tournaments. Now, I'm not trying to rag on the SEC tournament or, you know, I was watching some of the Big 12 tournament today. Those are cool and all, but... There's something special about the small conference tournaments because unlike with the SEC or the ACC, most of those teams that are playing are going to be in the big NCAA tournament in a couple weeks here anyway. But with these smaller tournaments, these teams can't like they can't get an at-large bid. They need to win this conference tournament in order to get into the NCAA tournament. So the stakes are way higher for all these smaller conferences. So I've been watching the the AAC tournament, the MAC tournament. I've got the Sun Belt tournament on right now, Coastal Carolina against Georgia State. So all of these mid-major schools that need to win these conference tournaments in order to make it to the big tournament, they, they really have to play their hearts out and put their best guys forward. And so it's, it's just really exciting to see postseason baseball. I'm all about it. You can get postseason baseball in May. That's right. Just look at the college games. So you can get a lot of it on ESPN+. Plus. Also, if you have cable, then most of it also you can get through that on like the ACC network, SEC network, et cetera. Pretty much all of them except for the Pac-12, which for some reason is like really hard to find. That That is strange, but I, I don't know of any uh, huge Pac-12 fans out my uh, out my neck of the woods. Yeah, I mean, I would watch them. Like I really wanted to watch some USC this year because they're having their best year in like 15 years this year. But haven't gotten to because the Pac-12 is impossible to watch. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Guys, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm still I'm still trying to think of a review for this week. It's uh, it's it's been a very, very busy, busy week. Really, the only entertainment that I've taken in over the past week has been a uh, Hulu's Handmaid's Tale. I know I'm pretty, pretty late to the boat on that one, but uh, my wife and I have been watching it together. It's it, it is a very heavy show. We've been we've been watching it together. Um, and it's I don't know. I I like it. It's not a very happy show at all. All right. All right. You know, it well, doesn't there- it doesn't have to be media for you to review it. You know, you could do a restaurant or like good or I don't know, food. I don't know. It doesn't have to be a media thing. It, it has been a lot of PB and J in traffic the past week, <laughs> my my friend. <laughs> it is uh those are the only things I have to review. And I will say, even as an adult, a PB and J like for me hits the spot. I can review traffic. It sucks. Let's Nobody it. likes it. We should invest more in public transit so we have less of it. Mm, true. Jeremy, do, do you concur? You concur. Okay. Thank That's you very good. much, Jeremy. <laughs> well, everyone out there, if, you, if you're still listening, you know where to find us on Twitter. You can find Greg on Twitter at Greg, not Craig. You can find Jeremy on Twitter at Hakias, and you can uh, you can see what he is currently playing on there as well. You can find myself at Jacob Milham Casey on Twitter, and please, please, please follow the podcast on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod. If you want some more uh, some more written takes on the Kansas City Royals, please go check out RoyalsReview.com. Also on Facebook and on Twitter, guys. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, you can listen to my podcast, too, at Bat Flips and Infield Shifts if you want to listen to me talk about these conference tournaments once they're all done. 
And, and you can it. listen to my other podcast, which I don't have, if you can get inside of my head. All right. Well, uh, so Jeremy's Inner Voices podcast will be debuting on uh, on Google Podcasts <laughs> later on this week, I, uh, I assume is going to be the day. Or you can just, I think it's a live stream on Twitch as well, possibly. But we'll... It's 24-7, uh, we'll, we'll baby. Woo! It's like the, it's like the Truman Show. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get out of here. We got a baseball game to watch. For everyone out there who supports us, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, go Royals.